You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is January 27th. 2022 on today's show my conversation with Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB he and I talk about the Hall of Fame the recent announcements that David Ortiz will be in and that Clemens and Bonds will not be we discuss all that stuff I did a crossover with him kind of he hosts he leads I comment as well fun show hope you guys enjoy the Hall of Fame conversation But not because of the people who were voted in the writer's ballot that was announced on Tuesday. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on this emergency podcast, which is being dropped on the 25th day of January 2022. You're probably listening on the 26th, but you know what? The news is going to be eerily similar when you wake up in the morning. We're bringing in Josh Neighbors from Lockdown Nationals to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame ballot announcement some of the players who didn't get in, some of the players who should have gotten in, and some of the players who eventually will get in thanks to veteran committees. This show is available wherever you get your podcast. And thanks so much for making us your first listen. And if you want to make your second listen be Locked On Nationals, you're going to have a good time of it. How about your third listen be Locked On Bets with your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling. They're going to be talking about football playoffs, something which I know horribly little about. The... Are the Bills still in it? I don't know. I Bills went to lost bet on, the Chiefs. Now they're not. I went to bet online, and I bet everything I own on Buffalo because Buffalo never lets you down. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, bringing back to the show, uh, Josh Neighbors has been on the show before. Love that you're back on again. How you doing, Josh, host of Lockdown Nationals? I'm well. Uh, it is. It's an interesting night, right? This is, you know, this is a conversation I think we we thought we'd be having for a long time. So I am yeah. excited to have it with you, Sully. Yeah, I mean, look at it. it's it's Hall of Fame Day, you know, and obviously this has been a slog and really unfun for the last ten years or so uh, because of the fact that reality has been turned upside down. People are hand wringing over steroids um let's let's be positive first we've had so much negativity in the world uh i'm a native new englander uh 2004 was one of the most incredible moments of my sporting it was the most incredible moment of my sport fandom life and uh, i can't tell you the absolute happiness that ortiz gave me had a great career 
Uh, and I'm thrilled that he, David Ortiz, made the Hall of Fame. Uh, I understand all the arguments against him. And kind of like when Jim Rice got elected, I don't care. Someone I loved rooting for is in the Hall of Fame. And I love it. Uh, but you are not a Red Sox fan. You are not a native New Englander. So tell me a little bit of your thoughts about David Ortiz being the only name on this very, very crowded ballot to make it to the Hall. Well, there's some cl- complaints I could make about just generally speaking, like my thoughts on on how the Hall of Fame works yeah. um, for baseball, but I'm not going to make those. It would be too long of a show. Uh, deserving, very deserving. Uh, a player that is um, was outstanding, I think, for years after any controversy surrounding him was one of those guys that just felt clutched uh, whenever you needed him, uh, even later on into his career, not just in 2004, as, as I'm sure you're very well aware. And, you know, I'm happy for uh, – there are a lot of people who love David Ortiz. I sound like yourself included, Sully. Our good friend Gabrielle Starr as well, who used to be the host of the Locked on Red Sox podcast. I know sheer, her affinity for David Ortiz. I've got close friends who have an affinity for David Ortiz. It was great to see him get this well-deserved moment. I will say this. It does kind of bring up the conversation. I, I think people have been pointing this out, that um, – if you were some kind of, if you were embroiled at all in some kind of controversy, being liked in a general sense is going to help you out in situations like this. I think the fact that David Ortiz is a well-liked member of the media, he is a well-respected player. He is somebody that, you know, we like to see on television, always in you know, his, his winter hat during the playoffs on the desk, kind of brings everybody joy. I think that perception of him does help him out not saying he's not deserving to be here, but it helps him out in the minds of media as opposed to a guy to guys like Bonds and Clemens who don't have that now modern touch to their career, if you will. I've been saying that for years, that people have been using steroids as an excuse for people they already didn't like. People didn't like Bonds when he was with the Pirates. People thought Clemens was an a-hole when he was with the Red Sox. People hated A-Rod the nanosecond he signed that massive contract with right, the Texans yeah. Rangers. And that was before a, a single burp of performance-enhancing drugs was mentioned about any of them. In fact, if you remember, when A-Rod re-signed with the Yankees, where he opted out during the 2007 World Series, and then even though no one else was giving him an offer, the Yankees signed him to a, uh, I think it was a 700-year contract extension, and one of the things that Boris said is we're finally going to have a clean home run champion because A-Rod was supposed to be the person to pass Bonds and be the, the home run champion who did it without PEDs. So people hated A-Rod long before that. And as I said, uh, people love Andy Pettit. In fact, whenever, whenever Yankee fans get on me, uh, regarding Ortiz. I said, hey, hey, we get Ortiz, you get Pettit. Oh, I don't know about Pettit. He only did it once, and he was crying to God while he did it. No, he was, just, he was, a, <laughs> he was a juicer, crisscrossed the country with Clemens, and, you know, he only did it to to uh, to help his injuries. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons people do that's, it. That's, yeah, I, this, this is a huge point we have to talk about, Sally. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, this is really important because – I saw well, hey, wait, Chuck, Chuck, let me let me just close the door on this. I Go think ahead. people liked Pettit, people liked Ortiz, and so they gave him passes left and right. I think people wound up liking Giambi because he was this big, dumb, lovable lug uh, like Mongo in Blazing Saddles, 
and seemed to be a likable dude. And so therefore, Giambi got a pass in ways that, uh, that you know, Clemens and Bonds and Palmero, who did the waving the finger and everything like that, never got. And so you're right. It is about likability. But no, now get back. I didn't mean to cut you so, off. But I wanted to close that. And yeah. so bring, you're going to make a great point now, starting now. Let's do it. So but my point is there's a lot of this um, – like we want this in our sports and I'm not saying I want massive men walking around, you know, just looking gigantic. No, what we want in our sport is yeah, exactly. Sully show, show the guns right now. What we want in our sport is guys. Um, I mean, we should embrace medicine in my, in my opinion as much as possible. We want guys being able to perform at their best, to produce at their best, to be able to heal at their best. And we, and I, I really don't want us to look down on them for that. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that guys turn to this kind of stuff. A lot of different examples of it. I would say that Bond's case might be the most brazen of like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put you all to shame. Like, like you guys want to see, you guys want to see impressive. I'll show you impressive. To be honest, we loved it. We all ate it up. We, the American, I mean, sure that we had our controversy, or whatever. But you don't tell me that watching him hit tanks wasn't the, wasn't the most fun, uh, unbelievable experience ever. I mean. You know, the call of this one's headed to New Jersey is not one of the most unbelievable home runs you've ever seen. The ball he hits out of a stadium in Anaheim in the World Series is not an incredible moment. That's what that's what we should want from our athletes. Now, I'm saying there's a safe way to embrace science and, and to move the stuff forward. But to act like this stuff is, A, not happening, and, and B, that we should completely look down on it, to me is hysterical. Have you seen Christian or not? I'm not sure. Are you a soccer guy? Are you a soccer guy at all? No. No. Is Pele still playing? Pele is not playing. If okay, you've ever but... seen Cristiano Ronaldo flex after a goal, oh, I know you tell me. Yeah, yeah. You tell me. Yeah. You tell me if that guy is all natural. I don't want it to be all natural. He's thirty-seven years old. He's one of the best two or three players in the entire world. The whole point is here is that this stuff has made the game better. Now, is it great for these guys' health and the way they use it? No, but this stuff helped baseball. It, it's it's also helped and helping a lot of other sports. So I don't understand why the conversation around this is always so negative because there's a variety of reasons that guys across all platforms and sports have and still do use. And I'm, I'm going to get to a couple points along that line. I think one of my favorite calls I ever heard at WFAN in New York was when Jason Giambi suddenly got skinnier and his production went down, and every day it was a new thing. Uh, he he got bit by a bee. Uh, he he forgot to take his his medic. You know, it, it was so obvious he went cold turkey on steroids, and his body right. didn't uh, allow it to happen. That's why Giambi wasn't on the two thousand four playoff rosters because that whole year he had these mystery ailments when they were starting to do testing. And one of the callers uh, on WFAN said, I don't care that Jason Giambi took PEDs. I'm mad that he stopped taking them in 2004. You know, it was Giambi's two home runs against Pedro Martinez in the Aaron Boone game that were the thing that basically set up the ending. Now, of course, we see there are some players who are linked to PEDs without the tests, without you know, mm -hmm. a negative test on that or a positive test on that. And there have been some people who have been tested and they checked their blood for, they discovered this, they discovered that. And I think a lot of the players you're seeing now are being tested. And what you're seeing a lot of them testing positive for 
are built bars. Now, it's the new year, and that means it's a new year resolution. <laughs> if it means getting fit or eating healthy, make sure to put built bars in your plan. Built bar is a protein bar that is completely legal and tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar. I may be getting in trouble for this ad read. Built bar is easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Some protein bars can taste chalky, waxy, or like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By week three, you say, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, the chocolate's on the Built Bars. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, no steroids. And compare that to a candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and does terrible things to your body. Okay. Now, if you like flavors, there's all sorts of flavors you can have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. My personal favorite is raspberry. They have many, many more. Built has always come out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to be fired over that ad read, but that's... No, it's good. I, I think that was good. I think accusing, right. the, accusing the candy bars using the juice is uh, that's where we want to be. There you go. So Josh Neighbors is here. Uh, now, let me just say a couple of things. Uh, the argument of he's a juicer, therefore shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, was should have been flushed down the toilet with the election of Ivan Rodriguez. The election of Ivan Rodriguez, who was linked to the Balco was as guilty as Bonds in all of this. And i let the record show, Yvonne Rodriguez belongs in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But when we're saying he was a juicer, Patrick Rodriguez was a juicer. He was a juicer. By the way, um, probably the most obvious juicer other than Ortiz, and this is coming from the, as big an Ortiz fan as you're going to see, is Bagwell. Skinny kid, no power. Third on the death chart. That's why they traded him away, because he was behind Mo Vaughn and Scott Cooper on their death chart. Winds up becoming friends with Ken Caminiti. Next thing you know, he looks like the guy in the brawny towels and becomes a Hall of Fame slugger. Uh, And then he retires right around the time testing begins. Gee whiz. I wonder if that's suspicious. And again, Jeff Bagwell belongs in the Hall of Fame. And... There's one other thing, and I swear this is not a TED Talk, Josh Neighbors. Don't worry. But I think there's something truly disingenuous about baseball revenues going through the roof. And speaking of roofs, the revenue has been to the point where new stadiums have popped up all across the country, including San Francisco and St. Louis. And the money that was built upon as baseball was in the absolute toilet in terms of popularity in the wake of the 1994 strike and the 1995 lockout. And lo and behold, attendance records are being broken just three years later because of Sosa and McGuire. I think it's disingenuous to say, oh, we're turning our nose down upon that, when in many ways that's saved this word. And I'll say something other that's sacrilegious. And why is it sacrilegious? Because it's a likable person. The other person who helped bring it up was a guy who played for years and years. He was a freak of nature. He never missed a day. He was never injured. <laughs> he was always playing. Yeah, he was super likable. Superman, yeah. Hmm. Not allowed to say it. 
Are you referencing uh, uh, one man from uh, who played his years in Baltimore, Maryland? Is that Baltimore, Maryland? I'll bring up another guy who played many years in Texas who suddenly got a boost. A boost while all of a sudden was pitching longer than anyone could imagine. And no one worked out harder than him in the, the weight room. And he kept getting healthier. And his fastball kept getting faster when other people got older. You can never mention him connected to anything. No, no, no. Because we liked them. They Mickey Mouse clubbed it. Why? Because we liked them. Nice up-to-date reference there, Sully. But I do believe... I, I have this one other theory, and then Josh Neighbors, I swear I'm going to throw it back to you. I believe that if Bonds hit 68 home runs in 2001 instead of 73, and if he didn't get picked up after the 2006 season when he was still shy of Henry Aaron's record, I think he's in the Hall of Fame right now. Because I think that one of the things that got people super mad at Bonds at the end, that became vitriol, went from people saying he's an a-hole but a great player to we are going to change the rules of the voting to make sure he doesn't get in, is the fact that he passed Aaron. If he fell short, breaking the records was the thing that people got mad at, why people are more mad at uh, uh, McGuire and Sosa than they are at Jeff Bagwell and Pudge Rodriguez. But that's my thoughts. No, I, look, there is the important thing about this, you know, it doesn't have to be black and white. Like, we can let these guys in and have a conversation about the context in which they got in. Mm -hmm. it, it can be gray, but they should be in. It's yeah. this entire this entire steroids thing, like you mentioned, the attendance, the ballparks being built, the boom, the baseball boom, if you will, of the of the steroid era. This it's a part of the of a historical context yeah. of this sport. And see, your dog agrees with me, right? Your dog yeah. is clearly agreeing. Um, yeah. That that's such an important part of this. Is is that. Like we can let them in and then debate about the way their plaque should look or how they're talked about. The discourse is there. Nobody is going to go see Barry Bonds of the Hall of Fame. Maybe, hell, maybe they do eventually at some point in time and say, "Wow, you know, I wonder how he got to got to this many home runs." We know we know the conversations surrounding him, but nobody watched that guy hit and thought, you know, the gap between him being a a great player uh, and not being a great player was with steroids. No, there are a million ball players, a million guys who took stuff. Some got caught. Some didn't get caught. All right. There, and there's a, there, I can guarantee, I promise you this. There are guys in the hall of fame who never got caught. There's yep. a bunch of them. There will be guys in the future in the hall of fame who never got caught. The, the, the science is always ahead of the testing. So it's something that we always need to acknowledge here. So this idea that, that we, you know, we can't have it in because of this. Like, I think it kind of comes back to what we were talking about. Those Bonds and Clemens are, and, and A-Rod to some extent too, they're not liked. Kurt Schilling is not going to come to the Hall of Fame because he's not liked. And I don't like him. I, I'm not a Kurt Schilling guy. But that stuff, that stuff undoubtedly matters into yeah. our minds when we're having this conversation. In the neutral field, Kurt Schilling's in the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any right. question about that. 100%. You know, I mean, in neutral field, I mean, we're, it's, we've had a decade of Bonds and Clemens on the ballot. You know, I mean, and, and having this conversation for 10 years now. I mean, and I, I, my, I, my theory, and I've been, I, you know what? I, I, wish, I wish Bonds did this. This was my, what, this was the way to sort of kick the can is to have the Giants give him an at bat every year. Just one at bat. 
and keep his Hall of Fame clock going. Hell, there were a couple of times you can't you can't tell me Bonds wouldn't be a better left fielder than some of the people that have been up there in San, or other teams too. Give him that bat. Have Clemens come in and pitch an inning. Keep you know kick the kick the can down a little bit. Um, you know it's and it's made for a bottleneck in the ballots. We should be discussing Scott Rowland. We should be discussing Gary Sheffield. We should be. I mean, those are two players who I think deserve the sort of debate and attention that a Hall of Fame ballot has, where sometimes it may not be clear right away. It took me a while to come around on Burke Blylevin, and ultimately I did. I said, yeah, do you want he is a Hall of Famer? You know, it took people a long time to come around to Tim Raines. You know, that's that sort of debate and discourse is one of the things that, that when you have some players like, I mean, again, those are two right off the top of my head. You know, Manny Ramirez is another one, obviously in any other situation, but the fact that he got caught twice is, uh, you know, probably keep it from him. But, you know, look at, I, I think that I thought Bonds and Clemens were going to get in today. I did. I honestly did. Um, I just thought there were too many writers who were turning around. And I just thought, yeah, I thought it may have been a long shot, but I would have bet on that. Well, you know who those guys are, though. I mean, we, we, they need to make that Hall of Fame, the, the voting, more transparent. If you're, if you, because at that point, if you're a Hall of Fame voter, you are in charge of curating the sports history, right? If you're in charge of curating sports history, you should be accountable to the public and to the fans because I should get to know as a baseball fan who is getting in the Hall of Fame. I love the fact that some of these guys go on television. I've been watching the last couple of days. The MLB Network has had a uh, a variety of people come on there. You got these guys and girls. I'm actually not, not sure how many women are voters. We need to also fix that too. Um, that that have been able to come on there and say, "This is how I voted, and this is why I voted." You know, this this way. Now, a variety of those people were Bonds and Clemens people. You know, pro in that category. I want to see more of those people come out and have to defend their ballots every single week. The Associated Press vote in college football and college basketball is made available. Last week, for example, a writer from Kansas City had Auburn number nine in the country, and it caused Auburn to be number two in the country overall as opposed to number one. He got lambasted on Twitter. People were all over him. They were mad. They were angry. And you know what? Auburn went out the next week and earned the number one spot in the country, and he apologized for it. He said, you guys earned it this week. Great job to you. That's the kind of discourse, positive, negative, whatever you want to say, that we could have here. But we don't. There needs to be some accountability with the guys and girls who are tasked with curating the Hall of Fame in our sport. They need to be accountable. Well, look, at I think one of the easiest bets we could make in the world is the fact that Bonds and Clemens will eventually get in. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But if you're going to make any bets, go to Bet Online, which makes the number one spot for all your best sports wagering. For 2022, got a new year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, UFC, right down your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for 2022. Correct. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Here with Josh Neighbors. We talk a little bit about... The Hall of Fame. Now, look at, we know David Ortiz is going to be there, which means lots of obnoxious Red Sox fans are going to be there. 
Ease up, everyone. Look who's <laughs> talking. Um, we already know it's going to be a great day because we're going to be celebrating the legacy of Buck O'Neill. I said before, it's horrific that they didn't let him in when he was alive, that we didn't have that Buck O'Neill yeah. speech. There's no reason for that. Um, same reason with Minnie Minosa, who we had a chance to have him in when he was alive. But we will have Jim Cott there. We will have Tony Oliva there. Um, you know, Bud Fowler, who was a, a, an African-American player from the 19th century, is a pioneer, will be there. You know, you're going to have, you know, Cotton Minosa, uh, uh, Cotton Oliva, two teammates from Minnesota are going to be there. You know, and remembering the legacy of Minnie Minosa, who, by the way, they did the thing which I said with Bonds is that they gave him an at-bat because he had an at-bat in the 70s and in the <laughs> 80s. So that's what they could have done with Bonds. He got a base hit in the 80s. Uh, and of which one of his teammates was Harold Baines, who unfortunately has become the sort of lightning rod of, well, you know, Bonds in and Harold, you know, Bonds isn't in and Harold Baines is. And, you know, it, it's, I think the biggest shame about Baines's inclusion is the fact that people talk about him as if he was a terrible player. He was a fine player at a wonderful career. He just was in the Hall of Famer, but he's in the Hall of Fame and fine. Um, but it's going to be a wonderful day. Now, all the names I just mentioned there, Hodges was on the ballot forever. Jim Cott was on the ballot forever. Minos was on the ballot forever. Oliva was on the ballot forever. And the committees put them in. Now, these committees are often made of former players and everything and not writers who had a beef. Oh, hell yeah. And now- I those, see where you're going with this. Hell yeah. Now, now these four players did wind up keeping Dick Allen out by a single vote. I don't know why. I don't. I never met Dick Allen. Blah, 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 blah. Eventually, a committee will put Barry Bonds in, will put Roger Clemens in, and will put Alex Rodriguez in. Eventually, those three are all going to be Hall of Famers. Now, it may not be this year, and they may wait for a couple of the old-timers to die. You know, that I mean, there's a couple of the old timers who are really bitter at Bonds and everything. A couple of them may die before they let in. It will be interesting to see Clemens sit next to Piazza at any Hall of Fame ceremony. <laughs> but they will get in. Much yeah. like, and we just talked about Bet Online, I believe Pete Rose will get in posthumously. It's a suspension for life. Which is like... <sighs> It's just it's tough to swallow stuff like that. Now, so do you think that's good, that that won't apply to? I, I know what you're saying there uh, with Pete Rose, but like Clemens and Bonds are gonna are gonna be alive to see themselves being yes. yes, yes, I do, I do okay. believe that they may good. be older. They may be time. older men. It may be in a decade, you know. But there's a generation of people that that's their guy. Those are their guys, and the people. Who will be upset about it will eventually become mulch. First, and, first baseball player ever, I ever saw hit a home run was Barry Bonds. You know, you are younger than me because the first I'm, baseball player I ever saw hit a home run was Bernie Carbo. But that's a whole different story. I don't even know who that is. I've got no clue who that is. Watch the highlights of the 1975 World Series. All right, we'll do. All right. Okay. But um, in fact, I'm going to post a the highlight because he hit one of the most dramatic home runs in World Series history. I, I was too young to remember that, but I was. it was a couple of years later when I was there with my Red Red Sox app, five-year-old Sully at Fenway Park yelling, 
calling all carbos when he came up to play. <laughs> but that being said, eventually Bonds and Clemens and Rodriguez are going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it will. I don't think it will be this year, and I don't think it will be five years from now. But I do think ten years from now uh, that there will be some committee. There will be a committee that will be like the steroid era committee that they will look at the likes of Sheffield and Rod and Ramirez and you know some of the other players from the era who are maybe on the outside looking in and say yeah you know all right yeah they did you know and Sosa and McGuire you know they, they, they they'll get in eventually and do you know what I think Kenseko should be in as a pioneer but uh you know these are all I mean <laughs> Uh, now I'm not going to get into this. My my Pete Rose thoughts. I've talked about this many many times. Um, he's not in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't want to be. That's my thoughts on Pete Rose. He he would like to be, but he knows the nanosecond he's in the Hall of Fame, he's no longer relevant. He's no longer a conversation. The next time someone will talk about him is when he dies, and then because he hasn't played baseball since 1985 or six, I think 1986. I think was the last game he appeared in. He has not been an elite player since the early 1980s, and yet people still talk about him. If he was enshrined in the mid-90s, he would be sitting on there on the day. It's like, oh, yeah, he'd be sitting with Raleigh Fingers and Johnny <laughs> Bench. And when was the last time anyone brought up Raleigh Fingers or Johnny Bench? Right. And he goes to an autograph show. Oh, my grandpa remembers you, Pete Rose. But if he plays the martyr card, every time he's had an opportunity that they've given him a rope, like he said, oh, come on, Pete, show us you can reform, show us you reform. He does a a press conference from a casino, which doesn't really send a message that you've quit your gambling days. So he would have been in the Hall of Fame if he wanted to, but he sets up shop every year during the Hall of Fame ceremony to be a martyr and sign autographs and make money. He'd like to be in the Hall of Fame. He'd rather be relevant. So I have no sympathy for Pete Rose not being in the hall because that's his choice. Yeah, I don't see you know sympathy is not the way I, I yeah sympathy one hundred ten percent with you. I just think it's interesting with the way this sport is trending and their desire to connect with young fans. So you you see this because our our group of podcast hosts is is made up of predominantly like people in their twenties to thirties. Um, oh, believe me. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I can make a Bernie Carbo reference. Yeah. People look at me like you I'm look, a so, you look great. I, I, I would guess you're, I would guess you're, you're a lot younger than you probably are. You look good. You look, you you always come with that energy. You got, Wait, I'm, I'm a lot younger than I probably am. Well, I think you told okay. me your age one time and I was like, that's, I'm going to be 50 be right. in a couple of months. I was going to say 42 is my guess. So there hey, you go. well, then you would have retired my number. Wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So, what you see from our from our group is a our group of of the young folks is that we're really pretty passionate about this stuff, mm -hmm. especially considering the fact that we actually didn't watch a ton of these guys play, right? right? So, you know, I, I obviously I was super I was tw I'm 24 watching Alex Rodriguez to me when I was very very young watching in his prime was a very different experience for you watching you know Alex Rodriguez as well, but I'm still an advocate. For him being the Hall of Fame, Alex. Uh, me Rodriguez, too. Me right. too. And and this is and and uh, I think as this younger generation kind of comes along and, and pushes the envelope here, and asks more of baseball in different ways than before. Like Barry Bonds would have been a perfect player for our generation. You know why? You, you know that they, they carry a second broadcast of Sunday Night Baseball that is all about analytics. 
exit yeah. velocity, things like that. Oh my God, that was an absolute rocket that he hit right there. We love seeing that stuff. A generation yeah. loves seeing that stuff. These players have a special places. Also, once again, circling back, we don't care about the cheating. We don't. Right. We really do not care. Look, Tom Brady is 44, about to be 45. He gets to decide whether he is an NFL quarterback next year. Nobody is telling Tom Brady he has to quit. I'm not accusing Tom Brady of anything, but we should probably ask how guys get into their mid-40s that are playing the most violent game alive. He is a passionate worker, but modern medicine's wonderful. So, also, we don't care. We do yeah. not care. It's nope. awesome. It's great. So, look, look, at, and, look at NBA. Look at NBA clips from when I grew up. I grew up watching Bird and Magic and Dr. J. A sport also that does not test at all. Barely. And then look at the players now. Okay. Look at look at look at how they're different. LeBron okay? James basically 18 years, no major injuries in no. that stint. Awesome. Great for basketball. And, and, how do they do it? Way, I don't know, but it's awesome. And by the way, when you take a look at things like, well, he only did it to recover. And I think about players from that when I was growing up in the 80s, and there were great, great players like Fred Lynn, like Eric Davis, who who were whose talents were off the charts. Mm-hmm. And yet they were injury prone and we never got to see, we only got glimpses of the greatness of Eric Davis. We only got glimpses of the greatness of Fred Lynn. We only got glimpses of the greatness of Bo Jackson, you know, that, that they didn't have the big long careers that they probably could have or should have had. Now I would have loved it if Bo Jackson did steroids. I would have loved it if Fred Lynn did PEDs or if Eric Davis was on the juice. Do you have any idea how much fun Eric Davis yes. Was remained a solid player when he had effing cancer. Okay, so anyway, look at um, it's going to be a fun day. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be seven. Was it uh, seven people who are being inducted to the Hall of Fame? Uh, Should have been more, but do you want? It's still going to be a great day. Should be a celebration. Yes, and eventually the people who grew up and became baseball fans because these people were going to be shut out are going to have your day. And when you're doing that, you're going to be saying, back in my day, we had Sosa, McGuire, not like these young whippersnappers like Vladimir Guerrero III. You know, uh, back then we had players. They did it naturally like Rafael Palmero. <laughs> they had class like Manny Ramirez. Like Played the game right. Played the game the right way. By the way, I have to say that I remember when Ricky Henderson – was the poster child for being everything wrong with baseball, arrogant and playing it, you know, play with too much flash and being a me, me, me player. I saw a thing recently where they're talking about how Ricky always played it the right way. Ricky was always good. Ricky never showed disrespect for baseball. And I, look at, I'm a gigantic Ricky Henderson fan, but to see the re- the reformation of him is all it is is time passaging, you know, you know, you know, Rich Gossage complaining about everything like this game is terrible now, game is terrible now. When he was pitching, he represented everything bad about baseball. That he was a reliever, a free agent reliever making millions. Back in my day, we went nine. Your day sucked. Okay, A Rod's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So is Clemens. So is Bonds. So will the late Pete Rose. They will all be in the Hall of Fame. Be patient, folks. You know, now look at, sadly, 
where we had to see the late Buck O'Neill, the late Gil Hodges, although Gil Hodges died suddenly in the early 70s. So it wasn't like he was an old man who never got the call. He died right. suddenly during spring training in 1972. So that, that's, that's that. But, you know, Minnie Minosa, you know, could have been elected for many, many times. But the fact of the matter is they will be elected in. It'll be a great day when it happens. And then they'll open the podcaster wing, of which I'll be in there along with Josh Neighbors, who is the host of Locked on Nationals. Tell people where they can listen to your great show. Yep, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can find Locked On Nationals wherever you guys get your podcasts. You also can find us on YouTube. And if you're craving some college sports content, I, I host the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Uh, you guys can find that wherever you guys get your podcasts as well and on YouTube as well. Any final thoughts there, Josh Neighbors? It's a pleasure talking to you, Sully, as always. That's the correct final words to have. And for everyone else, thank you for making us your first listen. Make your second listen be my buddy Josh Neighbors and all those shows he just talked about. What about your third listen be Locked on Bets with your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sternley for all your gambling needs. And once you're done with them, head over to Bet Online, make enough money to buy yourself a gigantic condo in Russian Hill in San Francisco. Hey, uh, you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter. Same handle on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about David Ortiz, steroids, and the fact that I've been using so many steroids just to keep podcasting this long with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. This has been Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. What could people call me? Josh? Is that me? Sully? Yeah. That, yeah <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know if it was your end. Right. Sully. Oh, no. call you Sully. All right. Good. call you Sully. Right, but, yeah. Yeah, they knew that the line was going to be that tough. I could be a jerk. (laughs) 